The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com slash events where you can get your tickets. One of the big success stories of the whole of medicine um, is how neonatal intensive care has contributed to increased survival. It's Friday, November the 18th, and you're very welcome to Inside Story, a new podcast series from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. If you're already a subscriber to our Inside Politics podcast, Inside Story will be showing up in your regular feed from now on. Some of the subjects will be directly political, but we will also be casting our net a little wider. Each week we'll talk to Irish Times journalists about the background to the stories they've been working on that have just been published or are about to be published in the print Irish Times or on irishtimes.com. We hope to offer a bit more insight into those stories themselves and into the process involved in telling them. This week I'm joined by Connor Pope, who has been writing about the remarkable work being done at the neonatal unit at the National Maternity Hospital at Hollis Street in central Dublin. Connor, Dublin's National Maternity Hospital on Hollis Street is one of the country's most famous institutions. What brought you down there this week? Well, this month is World Prematurity Month and I think uh, on Thursday it was World Prematurity Day and that's a day that all over the world hospitals and parents who had premature children celebrate the fact that the children are still with them and that all these medical advances have allowed that to happen. So that was kind of the the hook from a timing perspective. But I was contacted by Waterwipes, one of the National Maternity Hospital's charitable foundations partners, and they put me in touch with the hospital with a view to doing a a story, a behind the scenes story uh, focusing on the neonatal intensive care unit at the hospital. And I'm always intrigued by these behind the scenes pieces because they allow readers to get a glimpse of a world that otherwise they might never, ever get to see. So I've done it for things like the the St. James's Hospital um, Emergency uh, or A&E. And that's why I was kind of keen to do this, because unless you're in the situation, unless you've had a premature baby and unless you're dealing with the difficulties that, that come with that, the world that these people operate in, the medical staff, the social workers and the parents, we're completely ignorant of that world. And I think it's important to show people just what's going on, both from a really positive perspective and looking at some of the challenges that are faced by parents, by babies and by the medical profession. Now, the National Maternity Hospital, as I said, it's a venerable institution. It's been there a long time. A lot of people listening to this podcast will know it. I was born there myself and my, my children were born there. I gather it's due to move from its from its current site in the next couple of years. But this is this is cutting edge medicine. This is the new frontier of science and medicine, isn't it? Uh, neonatology as a medical science or as a consultancy didn't really exist even 30 or 40 years ago. And one of the things that struck me when I was talking to Dr. Colin O'Donnell, who's the chief neonatologist, both in uh, Hollis Street and he also works in Crumlin and he, he's a, he also works heavily as a researcher and he lectures in UCD, an incredibly busy man. Um, but one of the things that struck me about what he said to me was that even 30 or 40 years ago, if a baby was born at 20 week, 28 weeks, it was classified as a stillbirth because the chances of a child surviving if they were born at 28 weeks 30 or 40 years ago was like less than 10%. Today, a child born at 28 weeks has a 90% chance of survival. And the survival rates for premature babies is consistently being pushed back and back and back. And, you know, one of the things that Dr. Rono O'Mahony, who's the master of the, of the hospital, told me is that with every decade the chances of a baby surviving has been pushed back a week. So uh, an infant born at 24 weeks, 
40 years ago would have had virtually no chance of surviving, whereas today an infant born at 24 weeks has a 50-50 chance of surviving. Now, one of the things that Dr. O'Donnell told me that was kind of was that hit home is there's this assumption that we make if we're not in that world that any child who's born very, very prematurely, so any child that's born at 24 weeks has, you know, might have a chance of survival, but, you know, they will have an awful lot of life-limiting conditions that they might have to contend with and their parents might have to contend with. And actually, that's not the case. In, in a large number of cases, these babies go on to have fully intact lives with all of the all, with all of the potential that any child has. And I think one of the things that was interesting about talking to the, the medical staff there, both the doctors and the nurses and the social workers, was how keen they were to, to emphasise the positive outcomes that happen as a result of premature births. So tell me what you saw when you went down there. Well, the, I mean, first I was, I, 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 was t- I was taken through the wards by Dr. O'Donnell and I, the interesting thing about a neonatal intensive care unit is there can be no waiting times, there can be no babies left on trolleys because the babies need treatment right now and if they don't get the treatment right now, they're not going to make it. So, it, it, you know, there might be demands on, on the unit on occasions, but you know, generally speaking, it's, there's no waiting because it can't be, you can't wait. It, they don't have the luxury that adults might have that if you hurt yourself or if you're in a bad way, you can sit on a trolley, however appalling that is. They don't have that luxury. So it's, it, it's, it's all very, very, very professional. As you can imagine, it's very, it's very high tech. And it's some, there's something really sobering about seeing a tiny little infant in an incubator and they've got all sorts of tubes and, and, and equipment hooked up to them. And Can you give are, our listeners an idea of how tiny these well, babies well, are? Well, one, ba- one baby I met, and I met the baby's parents, her name was Verity. And Verity was born just under 25 weeks. Now, she was, I think, one pound 11 ounces at birth. Now, that's absolutely, like, that's just so, so small. Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, and it was striking, I was talking to her parents and, her, uh, you know, the, the dad said, oh, she's, Two pounds twelve, uh, two pounds eleven ounces now, and the mother was straight in there saying, "No, she's two pounds twelve ounces." Now, an ounce to you or me might make no real difference, but to a to a little baby like that, every ounce matters, and every hour and every day matters. So, as long as they're fighting for survival, and as long as they're just hanging in there, their chances improve with every passing day. And the, 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 these parents, they were just like, yeah, I was just in total awe of them. They had they had so much strength, and they were there. 24 hours a day looking after their, their their tiny little infant and they had four kids at home in Gory and so th- their lives had to continue in, in as much a uh, normal way as possible but it was it was like they were still entirely focused as, on this and then I met another couple and they'd delivered they had triplets in Galway in September and the triplets came at 28 weeks but as, as you know uh, p- people will know like triplets by their very nature are going to be smaller than w- one baby because you know, that, you know they have to share all the and, all and there probably is a slightly higher chance of a premature birth there is with, with, absolutely with, uh, multiple births yeah but even still I think if you get to, I think there would be a, a kind of an expectation that you might get to 32 or 33 weeks and that's fine but these babies came early and I was talking to the dad uh, and he was saying there was no expectation, there was no issues with the pregnancy at all, they just, the baby suddenly said it's our time and all three babies were born in Galway, they were all around two pounds so very very small um, and I think you know, they, you know one of the you know the, the two of the babies are in Galway at the moment and they're in cots and they're being fed bottles and you know they're doing really well and one little fella his name is Frankie um, he had d- developed an infection and I think he had a blood clot on one of his legs so he had to be brought up to the ICU in the neonatal unit in the National Maternity Hospital and, and I think that in a way reflects the difficulties that a lot of parents have because they have two little babies in Galway and they have one little baby in Dublin so they have to split their 
time and their attention between these triplets. Now, Ron O'Mahony, who's, who's, who's master of the rotunda, strangely archaic title, I've always, I've, I've, I've always thought that, uh, but historic, I suppose. She talked about, as you say, pushing back uh, the, the viability a week per decade. That's that what, what she said, saying? yeah. What we've really seen is the increased survival in young babies. So babies that when I started we wouldn't have expected to survive at all are now having really good survival rates. For 26 weeks, the survival is over 80%, you know, and we're quickly into 90% as we get on in gestation. Um, still very tricky for us between 24 and 26 weeks, and um, we would still have at least a 50% mortality in that group. But almost for every decade, you're pushing back a week nearly in terms of that threshold of viability. So years. that cre- creates all kinds of opportunities. It's fantastic that children who otherwise wouldn't have been with us will survive, but challenges as well. Absolutely, and there's huge medical challenges because a lot of the time what's happened is the, the baby's organs just haven't developed uh, to the level they need to develop. And that's particularly prominent and particularly evident when it comes to a baby's lungs because a baby born at 24 weeks, their lungs are very, very immature. And one of the, the, the most challenging things for the medical staff, as I understand it, is, is trying to he- keep these babies breathing um, what, to allow their lungs to grow sufficiently strong so that they because can they're breathe not, they're not ready to breathe. They're, they're not, not supposed to be breathing for another couple of months. Absolutely. And, you know, it's only in the last 20 years of human existence that a baby born at 24 weeks had any chance of surviving. So, you know, we are in a completely different space medically today than we would have been at any point in human history going back millions of years. So that's one of the big challenges. And it's just to keep the babies breathing, to keep them alive, to allow them to grow uh, to full term. So let's say if you're born at 24, 25 weeks, you can expect to be in an incubator hooked up to all the bells and whistles and all that stuff for the 15 weeks until you come to full term. And then, you know, hopefully the, the child will have grown sufficiently to, to, to survive. And it's a it's a challenge for mothers in particular, I must think, that, that the, the baby is born. Um, but it's very difficult to make the kind of physical contact which a mother in particular would expect to make with her child in the first three or four months they're in this incubator hooked up to tube situation that must be emotionally difficult it is and actually that that came through very strongly when I was talking to the parents although I have to say the parents strength and the the resolve they displayed was just phenomenal because there was no kind of wilting there was no weakness they were just incredibly strong and incredibly focused but it is very difficult and, and as any parent will know the skin to skin contact immediately after birth is hugely important it's important both for the mother and the father and it's important for the child and a lot of the time the parents are denied that and I suppose like one of the things that, one of the things that really struck me when I was talking to the parents of the triplets. Frankie, Frankie was the triplet who was in the, in the neonatal unit. And, you know, they're, they're really upbeat and they're really positive and things are going very well for them. But he, he just was saying, that, you know, it was two weeks past from birth until he got to hold his children for the first time. Um, and, like, he was just kind of really looking forward to a day when they could all five of them be together, himself, his wife and their three tiny little children and for simple things to pose for a family photograph to to have visitors to to, to just do the normal things because a lot of the time if a baby is born very prematurely and this kind of hit home with me too is parents are robbed of the, the things that everyone looks forward to 
when they're when they're uh, giving birth or when they're having children and they're robbed of all the normal things you know accepting friends and family showing off your child putting the photographs on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that parents do in the 21st century and all of that normalcy normal, normalcy is just taken away from them um, and ju- they just have to keep on fighting and keep on pushing until they get to a point where their babies well, they get are to the good point to go. where effectively really their babies are really born aren't they Absolutely. really where they're released from this from this situation Absolutely. from these and it's, it's so like the baby born at 25 26 weeks like normal in a normal uh, circumstance the parents wouldn't get to meet that baby for 14 or 15 weeks after that point so what you know the the goal is to get the children to to full term and then there's all these various markers that the medical staff in in Hollis Street are following so like they track them at 6 months they track well they track them all the time but just to make sure that that that, that the babies are okay and they 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 have as much potential as they possibly can have could we be doing more or doing better to help these children or indeed their parents? I absolutely think we could. I think one of the things that struck me, and I hadn't really anticipated it, was how difficult it is for parents when a, when a baby is born prematurely just to keep on getting by. Because you don't anticipate being in hospital because you know, so you're only at 25, 26 weeks and you're going to be in hospital and you're going to have your full attention on a particular unit in a particular hospital for the next four months. And particularly for parents who are out, who come from outside of Dublin, that presents huge challenges. I mean, if you're from Donegal and suddenly you find that you, uh, a woman has gone into labour and they've given birth four months ahead of time, you, you might know how you might know anything about Dublin. You might know how the buses run. You might know where to get accommodation. You might know where to find parking, and all of these things present huge challenges for parents. Just the simple, simple things, um, and it also presents a huge financial challenge. I mean, one of the things that the National Maternity Hospital's Charitable Foundation is doing now is because they were set up initially in 2012 to, 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 to raise money for a, an MRI scanner for the hospital. Now, I would say that the provision of an MRI scanner is the responsibility of the health, the HSE and the Department of Health and it shouldn't be something that is required uh, to, to, to be, be raised by charity. Exactly, but that, that's another story. But they, they were saying that they'd managed to raise money to buy five parking passes for Dublin city centre. And I was kind of thinking, five parking passes, that's not such a big deal. But then you think that if a parent has a child in Hollis Street for four or five months and they they have to pay for parking in Dublin city every day for that four or five months you're looking at four or five thousand euro now there's not many parents and on top of that four or five all the other stuff that's they have to pay for accommodation they have to pay for food they have to pay for all of these things and at the same time they have to keep their normal life on the road so they might have to try and work they might have other children who they have to look after and it's just immensely difficult for them and I think we as a as a society should be doing more to support these people because you're not talking about a tiny number although even if you were talking about a tiny number you'd, we should still should be supporting them but you're talking about huge huge numbers of people who are in very difficult circumstances and they need as much help as we can possibly give them both from a societal perspective and from a state perspective. Connor, thanks for joining us. And that's it for this edition of Inside Story. Thanks to our producer Declan Conlon and engineer JJ Vernon. We are really interested to know what you think of this new series. So remember, you can mail me at hlinahan at irishtimes.com or tweet me at hlinahan. Remember also that you can find all our shows on irishtimes.com slash podcasts or you can subscribe via iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. And if you are a subscriber, we do always appreciate it if you take a moment to rate or to review the show as it does an awful lot to help us reach a wider audience. But until the next time, goodbye and thanks very much indeed for listening.